Amen. Well, I just wanted to uh, just thank Gene for doing a fantastic job. Brother Man was up all night preparing that that lesson for us, and um, I don't know if you know, but he also was away at teen camp with our teens, and so Gene was pulling double duty at a double portion of the Lord's Spirit working with him, man, I can tell you. But I'm so grateful for brothers like that who can really step in and help teach us the Word and get us inspired to dig deeper into God's Word. Um, he forgot to give you homework, so he told me to remember to give you guys homework. So I'll be the bearer of good news. Uh, for next week's lesson, please read chapter, uh, lesson 17 in your Training for Service book. Lesson 17, uh, which uh, we'll be looking at the prophecies fulfilled uh, concerning Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We do have a visitor who's not really a visitor. She's part of the Harlem family. She just went away for a little while, but then she came back with kids. And uh, she's visiting us today. Keisha Barber. Where are you, Keisha Barber? Keisha and her two, her two kids. I can't call them kids anymore. They're like young adults. So all the way from North Carolina. Come down to visit us for a little bit. So uh, please make sure you guys encourage and fellowship them at uh, the end of service. Let's go to God with the word of prayer. And then we are going to jump into our lesson for today. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, we are so grateful for another day. Uh, Lord, we, we truly, uh, I believe we take our days for granted on this earth. Um, and we're just so grateful that you gave us another day of life. And uh, Lord, we don't know what will happen an hour from now, two hours from now, but we're grateful for the time that we have right now as we come before you to worship. I do pray that my words will be yours. Uh, Father, I do pray that you will also uh, encourage our souls as we uh, conclude this series and uh, loving you with all of our souls. I pray that we can walk away with a deeper conviction of taking care of the most important part of us, uh, the eternal part of us, which is our souls. Uh, we love you, we thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we, um, as we conclude our soul food series, you know, I often wondered how many people... Uh, we're looking at this and thinking, wow, they're going to have soul food at church. That's where I'm going. And only to find that we're not serving fried chicken and macaroni, but we are, we're talking about spiritual soul food. So I don't know how many people came after the first lesson, was disappointed and left, but I'm thankful that you guys stuck around for the real soul food. You can always go down and get your own soul food, but we're talking about spiritual soul food, right? Um, I wanted to end the series with one of the deepest needs of our soul. We looked at one uh, about a week ago uh, when we talked about the soul's deep need to be with God and God's deep desire to be with us. You know, I don't know about you, but that lesson really stuck with me. It really stuck with me. It really helped to shape my perspective on my walk with God. And so now when I drive in the car, I just imagine Jesus sitting in the, in the, drive, in the passenger seat. So when I'm tempted to say something that I know is unrighteous and ungodly, and out of frustration and anger, I just look over and I'm like, <laughs> you know, just kind of give a little smile because, you know, Jesus is there. And, 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 I, and I think even with our attitudes and, and, and trying to resolve things, you know how sometimes you do something, uh, you know, you kind of blow it and, and no one catches it. But you know in your heart you did something wrong and you don't really say something until someone points out, but well, they didn't say anything, then I'm not going to say anything. 
But we do have the Holy Spirit that conflicts us of sin. And so I try to be more conscious of that. Like, all right, you know what? I need to go apologize. You know, I lost my temper uh, the other day with my son. And I got in the car and I didn't feel great. And I said, you know what? No, I need to call him and apologize. And I called him up. He said, hi, Dad. And I'm like, man, I could be off the hook right now. He sounds all happy. He sounds like he's not even thinking about it. But I knew what I did. And I said, no. Son, Daddy, I'm sorry I lost my temper. You know, forgive me. So I love, I forgive you. And I was just, my heart just melted. I'm thinking, man, you know. But it's good to do the right thing. And you feel good when you do the right thing. Your soul feels good when you do the right thing. So I do want to encourage you to be aware of God's presence in your life. I wanted to end off uh, talking about the need for gratitude. Our souls thrive on gratitude. We feel better about our lives when we're more grateful. You know, in fact, in Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, he wanted to remind them to practice the very attitude of Jesus as they interacted with, with each other and with their neighbors. And he listed several Christ-like qualities to imitate. And then he goes on and he ends the letter with this appeal for gratitude over in Colossians chapter 3, in verses 15 through 17. And this is what he said. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since you are members of one body. You were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with what? Gratitudes in your hearts to God. So our worship, and I do want to just thank our worship team. I mean, they did a fantastic job every week. But as we sing, we're supposed to sing with gratitude in our hearts. Doesn't it sound different when you sing with gratitude in your heart rather than worry or disappointment in your heart? How does a song sound? It sounds different. The tone is different. The acoustic in the, in the building doesn't even matter because when we're singing with gratitude in our hearts, God himself hears it. And I believe that the angels are stirred to worship with us. In verse 17, it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, when you sing with gratitude in your heart, it does something to your soul. Your soul gets involved. It's possible to actually sing a song and not have your soul into it. But when you sing a song, and you can tell sometimes you're driving down the street, you see people dancing in the car, their soul is involved in that. You know, you see the car rocking, you're like, what in the world's going on there? And they just, and you know, they, you drive up, and this person's just singing that song because they got their souls involved. But we can come to church week after week and not engage our soul in our worship. We stand up to sing, but our soul is still sitting down because it's preoccupied with other things. And Paul is saying, no, you've got to include your soul in your worship. You've got to be thankful. Sing. I mean, we've got to all have something we're thankful for. 
I mean, you know, on my way here, I was just thanking God. I was just thanking God that I had a car that I could drive to drive the church. That I could drive. I was thanking God that the, there was no traffic on the way here. I was just grateful. I was like, Lord, you know what? I'm thankful we even got a parking lot that I don't have to drive around looking for parking and getting all frustrated and, and also, uh, you know, just little things. Little things. And therefore, my singing is more soulful because I, it's full of thanks and gratitude. You know, in another letter, he encourages the Christians in 1 Thessalonians 5. He said, give thanks in all circumstances. I know we want to change that right there, right? I can give thanks, but in all circumstances? Do you know my circumstances? No. But Paul obviously has circumstances, and he's been through a lot. Gene alluded to a few of them earlier. But Paul said, look, Paul's been through a lot. I can give thanks in all circumstances, and so can you. He said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, we keep in mind here that Paul is addressing disciples. He's not addressing unbelievers. He's addressing the church, people who are redeemed by God, yet they needed to be reminded to be grateful. You know, I realize that you feel grateful for only what you can remember. When you don't remember something, it's hard for you to be grateful for. But when you remember a good deed or something that someone did for you, something maybe undeserving, something out of the blue, something just because, man, you're thankful. You know, when you realize how blessed you are compared to so many others, you're thankful. When you remember a time of not having work and the frustration and the stress and the anxiety of looking for work, and then you, you know, when when you're tempted to complain about not having a job, and you remember, man, I remember what it felt like to not have a job. You know what, Lord? Thank you. Thank you. You see, when we remember what it feels like to be without, then we can be thankful for when it, the times of blessing comes. You know, and I'm talking here not just about the things that go well, but in all circumstances. You know, I found myself thanking God for all the trials that I've gone through over the past few, weeks, few years because I felt like, God, you know, had I had not gone through those trials, my prayer life would not have been what it is today. My faith. My, my perseverance would not be what it is today. You know, God will often shake us up to get us out of our comfort zone so that we can be more grateful. Sometimes, and I hate to say it, sometimes some people need to be without the church in order to appreciate the church. Sometimes we need to just be... We just need to be on the end of need in order to be grateful for our position of being able to give. Have you ever needed benevolence? Have you ever needed someone to give to you? Then you can be grateful that you have the position. You're in a position where you can give to others. But it's when we forget. That's when our heart gets full of ingratitude. You know, we can get so caught up in ourselves that we don't take the time to be grateful to God. And for others, you know, I want you to consider this. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thanked God for today? Think about that. 
What if you only woke up to the things that you thank God for today? You know, that's a lot. I go through my apartment and I'm like, man, there's a lot of things here that I'm grateful for. Do I thank God for them? Do I thank God for them? Or do I complain and, oh, I need another one of these, or this ain't working? You know, our lives are so blessed. You know, we have prayer cards that we handed out to everyone earlier this year. Those are a great tool to use to help you in your prayers, especially in this area of thanks, the first two sections, praise and thanks. I use it every week. I have a list of things that I just thank God for every week because I'm just grateful for what God has done in my life. In Psalm 42, verse 11, the psalm writer says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? You know, maybe it's because they're not feeding the soul the gratitude that it needs. We wonder why I feel so down. Have you spent time just really thanking God? You know, there's an old saying, count your blessings. Have you ever just stopped to just literally count your many blessings? You know, God, I thank you that I do live in a country where I can read my Bible at a Starbucks out in the open and not be openly persecuted. God, I thank you that I live in a town where I can actually talk to people about Jesus and not have to worry about it being persecuted. We have brothers and sisters who can't even invite people to church because the government is against them. We can't even openly give you their name because the government watches emails and information that goes in and out of the country. You and I, we can text and email at scriptures. Hey, church is going to be here. We can put it up there. Follow us on Twitter. They can't do that in China. We have brothers and sisters in, 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 in communist countries who can't openly worship God. But they still do. And they give thanks even in those circumstances. Even in those circumstances. So I want to take a look at two ways to feed our souls with gratitude that it needs. One, by for, for not forgetting all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. And then secondly, we got to train ourselves to be grateful. You know, the Bible talks about training yourself to be godly. We also need to train ourselves to be grateful. You know, the same thing we do with our children. Say thank you. Don't we do that, right? We train our children to be grateful. We need to continue that. You don't stop training yourself to be thankful once you become an adult. Yesterday, I tried to set an example for my kids, you know. We went to celebrate my son's birthday party at this place in, in Ridge Hill, and, and I held the door open for a lady pushing the strollers through, and, and not one of them said thank you. And you know what was going on in my heart. You know what was bubbling up in my soul. And it was right on the edge of my tongue. I wanted to say, you're welcome. But I got an impressionable eight-year-old standing right next to me holding the other door, and I'm thinking, you know what? Adults, you don't, we don't say thank you. Do you say thank you to the bus driver when you get off? I'm pretty sure Steve would appreciate that. He's a bus driver. Thank you for getting us here to my stop safely. You don't think that would make him drive a little better? They probably, what took you so long? 
I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. The time schedule said 10.15. You got to... They hear more complaints than they hear words of grace. Thank you for getting us here safely. Drive safe. Adults, we never stop learning to say thank you. So we need to make sure that we are not forgetting all his benefits. Now, my slides seem a little... Oh, there we go. Forget not all his benefits. You know, more gratitude will come from... More gratitude will not come from acquiring more things, better things, or even better experiences. It comes from a constant awareness of God's presence and goodness in your life. The more aware you are of God's presence, God's blessing in your life, the more grateful you'll become. It's all about perspective and how we look at life, striving to see the good in everything and in everyone. There's a story that's told of a woman whose husband laid laid in the bed dying and going in and out of a coma. And one day he awakened and reached out to draw her close. And as she sat next to him, he began to whisper his, his remembrances. You've been right there beside me through all the rough times. You were there when I got fired. You were there when my business failed. You were there when we lost the house. And you've been right here by my side as my health has failed and I lay dying. Finally, he paused and asked, you know what? What, my dear, she asked as she wiped a tear from her eye. I think you're bad luck. (laughs) Then he turned his head and went back to sleep. You know, it's important to learn to focus on the positives in others. You can walk into a church like this, and depending on what you're looking for, will determine whether you come back or not. Will determine whether you decide to stay a part of this family or not. If you're looking for all the bad, if you're looking for all the hypocrites, you might as well stop at the door. Because we're all sinners. Especially you. Isn't it funny how people accuse churchgoers of being hypocrites when the person who's accusing them are a hypocrite themselves? Like, that always baffled me. But anyway, when you focus on the negative, if you go into a situation, I don't want to be there. I'm not going to have fun. If you're already going in saying that, then you're not. But if you go in opening your heart to the possibility that you could enjoy yourself, then maybe, just maybe, you might be encouraged. You know, sometimes we, it can be a challenge to find that one praiseworthy thing in people. But there's, there's, there's stuff there, there's something in everybody that we can praise, that we can lift up, that we can encourage. Take the Apostle Paul for an example. In his opening remarks to the church that had given him nothing but trouble. Listen to what he wrote in 1 Corinthians. Uh, where's my slides at? These guys messed my slides up. All right, where am I? Hold up, hold up. Lord of mercy. All right, let's stay here for a minute. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul didn't think of a single good thing 
for which he could praise the Corinthians. So what did he do? He thanked God for how good God has been to them. They had given Paul nothing but trouble. They, they accused him of being a false apostle. They said he wasn't a real apostle. And he had nothing but drama with this church. He had to prove himself over and over again. And so he just he said, you know, i got to write something. He said, I thank God for how good he has been to you. And that's how he opened up his letter. He thanked God for how good he had been to them. Likewise, for each of us, there's always something positive that we can find to say. If we look hard enough, we will find it. You will find it. You know, gratitude is a byproduct of, what, of a way of seeing things. It's all about your perspective. If you have a bad perspective, then you're going to see people as bad. Everything is bad, and it includes a few things that I want to take a few minutes to look at. You know, when you think about gratitude, gratitude comes from our perspective, our, the way we see life, the way we see our circumstances, the way we see other people, and ultimately the way we see God. Because at the end of the day, is it not God the one who directs our steps, who allows us to go through what we go through in life to help draw us to himself? And so there's an old Latin word, called bene. All right, let's go back. There's an old Latin word called bene, which it means good, and it involves three things. Benefit, which is, in a, in a, is in a, you know, it's in order to be grateful, you got to receive and recognize that you believe that the gift that you believe, you believe is good. And so, in order to be grateful, you have to receive and recognize that this gift has been good, and therefore it's a benefit to me. It's a benefit to my life. In Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, here's the songwriter is talking to his soul, telling his soul to not forget all the benefits they have in God. There's a lot of good things that we have in God. Our prayers should go for hours just simply on thanking God for all the benefits that we have because of him. You could literally spend an hour just thanking God. Just thanking God. There's so many people in your life that you can thank God for. People that you know directly and indirectly, such as the bus driver that got you here safely. Or the train operator that didn't fall asleep at the, at the controls. Or the, the, the bank teller that didn't steal your money. Or your boss who didn't let you go. I thank you. I thank you for the landlord who approved my application so that I could have an apartment and have a place to live. I thank you for the, for the super who takes care of the trash in my building so I don't have to go out there and, put, and be with the rats and all the, and all the vermin out there. I thank you. I thank you for the plumber who can come and fix my toilet, fix my sink, fix my pipe so that I don't have to come out of my pockets to do so. I thank you for my mechanic who fixes my car, who changes the flat, who gives me the oil change, who does the maintenance, who does the tuna. You could literally spend an hour thanking God, and that's just people outside. That's not even people in the church. I thank you for my mother who gave me life. I thank you for my father who gave me life. There's so much we can be grateful for. Forget not all his benefits. You know, the right, he's speaking to his soul. There are just a few benefits of being, you know, in a relationship with the Lord. I mean, we can count, the Bible talks of so, so many benefits. And our soul responds with gratitude. 
Another word that comes from that, from that Latin word is benefactor. A benefactor is one who does good. You put that, you know, factor comes from the word factory, so good factory. This is someone who produces good things. And to be truly grateful, we must not only recognize the benefits or the gifts that come our way, but that they're just not random acts. They're not by accident. You don't get good things by accident. They're coming from someone who has good intentions for you, someone who loves you deeply and unconditionally. You know, I realize that to be a, a grateful Christian, you have to believe that all good things come from God. Because if we try to convince ourselves that all good things come from my hard work, my work ethic, you know, eventually that is going to end at some point. No one will always be able to work at the pace that they, they, they work at. You look at Michael Jordan today, he's not the same Michael Jordan he was 20 years ago. Intense work ethic, great athlete, but you know what? There comes a time where that's going to stop. But you know what? His life is still being blessed. Our life will still be blessed. As Christians, we have even more reason to be grateful because we have a relationship with God and every good thing that we have comes from God. So we can't really give credit to the things that are on the outside of our lives because at the end of the day, all that's going to fail us. And so those things that used to bring you that used to bring you joy and that you used to depend on to make you feel good about yourself, eventually, you're not. If it was your body, your physique, your looks, guess what? It's going to change. I don't care what type of shape you're in, gravity is going to win. Eventually, it all sags. All right? Gravity's going to win. I don't care how fit you are. I don't Gravity is going to, age is going to take over your body. So you can't put your hope in those things. All good things come from God. In James chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, it says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. You know, God is a God who loves to give to us. He loves to give, but he doesn't just love to give any kind of, he, he gives good gifts. It's all about our perspective on whether it's good or not. You know, the Bible says that he gives good and perfect gifts. It's up to us to be grateful for them or not. Another word that comes from it is beneficiary. The one who receives the good gifts of God, and that's all of us, you are the beneficiaries of the benefits of a God who has your best interests at heart. And this is going on all the time, even when you don't realize it. You know, we, we can only sometimes thank God for the things that we see, but there are a whole lot of things that happen behind the scenes that we are unaware of on a spiritual realm that we cannot see that we also need to thank God for. God, I thank you for all the accidents you protected me from today. God, I thank you from the crazy, for saving me from the crazy people out there who were just looking for someone to harm, and I was not that victim. I mean, there are a lot of things that happen that we, we our minds, if, if, if God was to sit us down and to show us a video clip of just one day of what he has done in our life, we'd probably drop dead on the spot. 
We'd be, over, we'd be so overwhelmed with gratitude, we wouldn't know what to say. But there's so much that God does for us behind the scenes. We need to thank him for. You know, when we take that for granted, or we believe we deserve his gifts, then we're no longer grateful. You can't be grateful for something you believe you're entitled to. Should I repeat that? You can't be grateful for something you believe that you are entitled to. And this is where many people fail the gratitude test. We fail because we tend to look at all that we have was gained by our own strength, our own talent, our own educated minds, our own resources, our own means, our own will, our own work ethic, our own discipline. We think that we've gained all these things for ourselves. And look, those, those things help. They help. The Bible actually says that hard work brings a profit. It does help. But without God, you're not producing anything. Gratitude comes from a place of humility. You know, in our sinful default mode, there's entitlement. But in our spiritual Jesus is Lord mode, there's humility. We understand that Jesus is Lord of my life, and therefore I need to be grateful. I get to be in a relationship with the Savior of the world. And the belief, you know, that this gift or that experience that God has placed in my path is rightfully mine, I am owed, that does not come from God. That does not come from a spiritual place. Here's the deal. The more you think you're entitled to, the less you will be grateful for. The bigger the sense of entitlement, the smaller the sense of gratitude. We wonder why in our world we keep getting more and more and more and keep being less and less and less grateful. And that's precisely why. Because of entitlement. Paul says that entitlement is a sign of someone who is actually opposed to God. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, in, in um, Holman Christian Bible Standard, it says, For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became nonsense and their senseless minds were darkened. You know, this is an interesting connection because when you think about Though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Have the connection between ingratitude and a foolish mind. There's a, there's a direct connection there. When we, when, we, when we don't show God the gratitude that he deserves, our minds become darkened. And we become more and more and more entrenched in an entitlement type of lifestyle. And you start to see it everywhere, such as a person who walks through a door that was held open for them, looking the person in the eye who held the door open and not say thank you. Why? Because you're supposed to open the door for me. Or someone who drives and parks their, their nice car, and instead of parking in the, the allotted lane, they park across two lanes 
so that no one will park on either side to scratch their $50,000 car that they worked hard for, that their, that their strength produced, that their talent generated. When that happens, that's not coming from somebody who comes from a this is going to burn anyway kind of mentality. I'm grateful that God gave me this and God will give me another one if I need it. But no, I worked hard for this. I'm going to protect this. This is my investment. This is mine, my, mine. And that sense of entitlement, it turns a lot of people off. It turns a lot of people off. People who are entitled don't have close relationships. They give off an air that you should be, you should be happy I'm even spending time with you. Who wants to spend time with a person like that? Of course you should pay for my meal. Entitlement. You know, if that's where you're at, I want to encourage you. Forget not all his benefits. You have a lot to be grateful for, and there's nothing that you put your hands to. It's all that God has given you. And secondly and lastly, we need to train ourselves to be grateful. In Jesus' day, every devout Israelite would pray what was called the 18 benedictions or the 18 words. And the root word bene is used here as well. And when you add diction, which means words, you get good words. And they would literally, they would literally say 18 words three times a day to train themselves to be grateful for what God has done, to remind them of what God has done. Now, listen, I think this one is, this one might be out of sorts too. Yeah, hold up. I want you guys, there we go. All right. In Hebrew, a benediction was any prayer that began with the word blessed. In the morning when they woke up, they would pray 18 times, blessed are you, God. At night before they went to bed, they would pray 18 times, Blessed are you, God. And later, in the middle of the day, they would pause and pray the 18, Blessed are you, Lord, who abundantly forgives. The Hebrew benediction connected the gift with the giver. It reminded the citizens of Israel that all that was good came from God. It kept their hearts connected to God. It reminded them that every day was a gift and that everything that they had was a gift from a loving God. They were training their attitude. They were training their hearts. Now, of course, we know that some of those laws and stuff got a little carried away. And we're not actually commanded to pray 18 times. But I think the point here is that they made an attempt to train themselves to be grateful. What are you doing to train yourself to be thankful? You know, we, we I think sometimes it's so easy for us to forget to say thank you, even to the littlest people in our lives. It's so easy, which is why we need to train ourselves. You know, they fully knew who provided the good life, and their souls were absolutely grateful. The Hebrew term for gratitude is hikarab hatav, which means recognizing the good. They wanted to recognize the good in everything that God provided. And I think that's a good practice for Christians. Even in difficult circumstances, recognizing the good in those circumstances, trying to see God 
in those circumstances. So I have a challenge for us today. Because I know we like challenges and I know we like homework. I want to challenge you to start training yourself to be grateful. And here's two things you can do. One, start off by writing a gratitude letter. I want you to write a gratitude letter. Think of someone who has impacted your life for the good. Somebody maybe whom you have known for quite a while, a friend, a mentor, an encourager, someone in your life who you are just grateful for, who's, who's helped your life become a little bit better. Someone with whom uh, you be, you're a, because of that person, you're a different person today. And then take the time to write a letter telling them why you are grateful to God for them. Doesn't have to be a term paper. Doesn't have to be just aim for, you know, something between a Twitter post, 140 characters. Doesn't have to be that long. Don't worry about it being grammatically correct. And just write down a letter, a little note of why I am thankful for you. This is, you know, this is why I'm grateful for you. Write that and then give it to someone this week and try to make that a habit each week. Try to make that a habit. Just think of one person a week that you can send a gratitude letter to. I am thankful to you for. And write it. You know, and I would even go as far as saying that that person doesn't have to be alive today. You can write that note. If it was someone who's passed on, you can write that note and just put it away somewhere and just read it out loud as if the person was in the room with you. But I'm grateful for you for. Okay, can we do that? And the next... I want you to come up with your own personal benediction prayer. I want you to thank God for things in your life. Now, it doesn't have to be 18. You don't have to repeat it 18 times or do it three times a day. But do something, write out a prayer that you can say to God every day. Lord, I thank you for giving me something. Not just, this is just a few things I thought... You know, thank you for giving me my children. Thank you for life and good health. Thank you for helping me get through a difficult time. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for close friends. I thank you for the church. I mean, write your, your blessings list and pray through it every day. Because let me tell you, you've got to train yourself every single day. Or else our souls will go starving with this, 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 this nutritious spiritual meal right here. It needs gratitude. As we bring this to a close, I just wanted to point out that gratitude does not always come naturally, and nor does it always feel good. You're not always going to feel grateful. But that doesn't keep us from looking for the good in all circumstances. At the end of his, his ministry, Jesus got the 12 together. They all came together in a room. They had wine they had bread. They had their last meal together. And when Jesus broke the bread, he broke bread and he gave thanks. Now, Jesus could have given just instructions. But Jesus chose to take that time with his closest friends to have a last meal to give thanks to God for the opportunity to die in their place. Every week we come together to take communion. We break bread. We take the, the fruit of the, the vine to, to represent the blood that was spilled for our sake. Let's keep a heart of gratitude. Let's thank Jesus that he decided to take our place. He willingly took our place on the cross, died for our sins so that you and I wouldn't have to. Amen?
Let's pray for the bread and let's pray for the juice and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father God, we want to thank you so much for all the good things that, good and perfect gifts that come from you. God, Jesus being one of them, Father, we are just so grateful that Jesus died on the cross on our, on our behalf and he, he took our sins with him, God, and we, we're just so grateful that he became that perfect sacrifice for us so that we can live free lives, so that we can live a life that's close to you, a life that is uh, um, a life that's lived out in full gratitude for the sacrifice made for us. And I pray, God, that you help us to fill our hearts and our minds with all the good things that you've done for us and all the good things that you continue to do for us. So as we take this bread and as we take the, the juice, I pray, God, that you will bless this time uh, in communion together. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.